Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries, but I promise all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's dark enigma, well, today's story is another listener suggestion. You guys are getting really good with these. But when I read it, I totally read it with a Scottish accent. Don't worry, I will not punish you by trying to do the accent on the air. It was really bad. (laughs) Anyways, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours, so choose your poison accordingly. Although I will warn you, it's about Scotland, so, you know, it would be appropriate to have some Scottish whiskey. Just saying. Alright, now for the game part. How about every time I say gray? That will be a single shot. And every time I say mountain, that will be a double shot. All right, we've got the business end out of the way, and we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So, don your best Scottish kilt, and grab yourself some fine whiskey, play a tune on some of those bagpipes, as we jump into today's story and the mysterious gray man of Ben McDoy. And I'm going to try for the Gaelic, so brace yourselves, because it's going to be pretty bad, and probably very funny. I'm fair Leith Moore. Somebody told me that's how I'm supposed to pronounce it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's bad. I may be pale enough to be Scottish, but that's pretty much where it ends. <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm fair Leith Moore is the Scottish Gaelic name given to a being said to haunt the upper slopes of Ben McDoy. 
the highest mountain in Cairngorms Range in the East Highlands of Scotland, and the second tallest mountain in the British Isles overall. Mountaineers have reported encounters with a creature that haunts the bleak summit of the mountain for over a hundred years, although there is still little consensus as to what it actually looks like or even if it has a corporeal form. Thick fog is common high in the Cairngorms, frequently obscuring the creature from the view of climbers that can sense its very strange presence. Translated to English, the name Amfir Lethmor means simply Big Grey Man. Why they can't just say Big Grey Man is beyond me, but I'm pretty sure that it's because I sound hilarious when I'm trying to speak Gaelic, and that's probably why they call it that. Anyways, more commonly referred to as the Grey Man of Ben McDuy, some witnesses have described the creature as a large humanoid covered with short hair. I'm going to stop right there because that sounds like my last three boyfriends. Just saying. Anyways, others have reported only an unseen presence, often in the form of an uncomfortable feeling of being followed. Most common of all, the sound of heavy footsteps crunching across the gravel and scree of the barren upper slopes of Ben McDuy has been described by almost every witness that has reported an encounter with this mysterious presence. The most well-known recollection of an encounter with the Gray Man is also the very first that's been recorded. While rumors of a strange presence on the mountain have been part of local legend for a very long time, chemistry professor and noted mountaineer J. Norman Colley was the first to properly recount an encounter with this creature. Descending from the the summit in thick mist, Colley recalled hearing crunching footsteps following him, taking just one stride for every three or four of his. After stopping to listen, he describes being seized with terror that resulted in him staggering blindly through the boulder fields the four or five miles down to Rothmacurse Forest at the foot of the mountain. Now, Professor Norman Colley reported this experience of Fearless Moor, as the Big Grey Man is known locally, while he was actually on a trip to New Zealand in 1889. He later repeated the story at a meeting of the Cangorm Club in 1925, and that's where we get the actual recollection. And I quote, Woohoo! I was returning from the cairn on the summit in a mist when I began to think I heard something else that merely the noise of my own footsteps. Every few steps I took I heard a crunch. Then another crunch as if someone was walking after me, but taking steps three or four times the length of my own. I said to myself, this is all nonsense. I listened and heard it again, but could see nothing in the mist. As I walked on and the eerie crunch, crunch sounded behind me, I was seized with terror and took to my heels, staggering blindly among the boulders for four or five miles, nearly down to Rothmacurse Forest. Whatever you make of it, I do not know. But there is something very queer about the top of Ben McDuy, and will not go back there again by myself, I know. End quote. 
this story from an otherwise sensible man of letters gave credence to the myth and a spate of similar experience emerged as others felt emboldened to tell their own tales. These were later collected by Affleck Gray in his authoritative book on the Big Gray Man, where he explored not only the stories, but their possible explanations in an attempt to understand where they came from. He concluded his tale with the assertion that there is something very queer on the top of Ben McDoy, and that he would never be back to the mountain. And a fellow of the Royal Society and that noted scientist Collie had a reputation for intelligence and an analytical mind to the extent that a 2013 publication suggested he may have provided some of the inspiration for Arthur Conan Doyle's creation of Sherlock Holmes. His reputation resulted in his account being widely reported by the press. After Collie's claims were made public, a number of other mountaineers came forward to tell of their own encounters with the Gray Man. Typically, the response to these following accounts were more dismissive, suggesting that the Cairngorms themselves have a bleak, eerie atmosphere that could cause the mind of a lone climber to play tricks on them. One of these men to come forward was fellow chemist and mountaineer Alexander Callis, who reported his own encounter on Ben McDuey. Searching for crystals on the mountain with his brother, both men noticed a large figure approaching them from the summit of the mountain, before disappearing from view. While waiting nervously for it to reappear, both men were seized by a sense of dread and fled down the mountain. Mountaineers on Ben McDuey have continued to report encounters with a strange presence on this mountain. Crunching footsteps are a common theme, although witnesses have also reported strange whining or ringing noises, or even what sounds like a deep voice speaking in Gaelic. Strange feelings of fear and despondency are also often felt. Some have even reported a strange draw towards cliff edges as if an unseen presence is trying to force them over. While the majorities report an unseen presence or sense of dread, others have described encounters with a very visible and very real creature. An encounter by a man camping close to the top of Ben McDuey in 1940 was recounted to author Richard Frere, who later published the book The Big Gray Man of Ben McDuey. After setting up camp sometime in 1940, the man retired to his tent, but was troubled by a strange feeling of dread and struggled to get to sleep. After a short and uneasy sleep, he was awoken, sensing movement outside of his tent. On peering out, he saw what he described as a large, broad-shouldered, brownish, humanoid creature, estimating its height at six meters. For those of us that are American and can't handle the metric system, that's 20 feet. After circling the camp, the creature disappeared further down the mountain, walking with what the witness called an air of insolent strength. Don't ask me what that means because I'm still trying to figure that one out. Anyways, three years later, in October 1943, naturalist and mountaineer Alexander Tunian was climbing alone on Ben McDuey when he was enveloped in a dense mist. Suddenly, a huge figure emerged from the mist, apparently heading straight for him. Carrying a revolver, 
Tunin fired three shots into the creature before fleeing down the mountain upon noting that his bullets appeared to have absolutely no effect. Okay, that would scare the piss out of me too. There has never been any real sightings as such. Most stories describe the sense of a presence or strange noises, and most agree that there is not actually a big gray man wandering the slopes of Ben McDuy. However, the persistence of the story indicates it has a resonance even today, and if you venture into the Cairngorms, especially in the winter, you become aware of an ancient landscape where myths and legends used to roam freely. Amongst the many theories, several suggest possible explanations. Foremost is that of the broken, the Brocken Spectre, a meteorological phenomenon which only occurs when an inversion, or a gap in the cloud, allow the viewer to see their own shadow cast upon that cloud. The effect is indeed spooky, with a giant gray shadow stretching from your feet into the atmosphere, and in certain conditions, it's a, it is accompanied by a circular rainbow which surrounds the shadow, known as a glory. A number of theories have been put forward to explain away accounts of both sightings of the creature itself and the sense of fear it seems to cause in those nearby. One of the most popular and convincing ones to explain stories of a tall humanoid figure is the documented phenomena of the Brocken Spectres. That was named for the mountain in Germany where they were first observed and documented by the scientist and Lutheran pastor Johann Silberschlag in 1780. Yeah, I went from Gaelic to German, like right there, and you guys should be freaking impressed, because, yeah, okay. Brock inspectors are caused by shadows being magnified and cast against clouds or fog, and most of these people are saying that they're seeing this creature in mist, so this does hold a lot of water. Mountains with a relatively gentle slopes, like both Brocken and Ben McDuy, present ideal conditions for the phenomena to manifest, with sun shining on the backs of descending climbers, throwing an elongated shadow into the mists ahead of them. Moonlight or a torch will produce the same effect in the right conditions. And Ben McDuy sits in the Caregorms National Park, and it is inhabited by a diverse range of wildlife, including large number of deer, as well as Scotland's rapid, rapidly disappearing population of wildcats. Many reports of footsteps, shifting stones, and other strange noises are likely produced by an unseen animal. Fluctuating temperatures can also cause rocks to split and crack as ice forms in crevices, sometimes triggering rock falls and other movement among the dense scree slopes. The sense of dread and morbidity felt by many witnesses could also be attributed to illusions caused by cold and fatigue. While the remote, desolate nature of the mountain can easily conjure feelings of fear or loneliness in its visitors. There are only a few spots in the Cairngorms where this phenomena can be seen with any certainty. And even then, there's really not much of a guarantee, since it requires steep cliffs to give the elevation required to get above the cloud. One such place which often crops up in big gray man stories is Lurcher's Crag. These 1,000-foot cliffs stand guard over the northern entrance to the Larig Gru, the main pass through the Cairngorms, and it is entirely possible that the specter of Brocken has been seen in this area and interpreted as some otherworldly presence. 
Another explanation may be of a less scientific nature and harder to define. However, in it may be the essence of the story. That is, the big gray man is a manifestation of the spirit of the place, transformed by imagination into an actual person. From the start of human history, we have transferred human characteristics and forms onto the world around us. From early religions to the present-day anthropomorphism has helped us describe the unknown. Paganism turned the seasons into characters. Shintoism worships gods of the everyday, while today we give our cars names and imbue them with a personality. So why not the mountains? People have different degrees of sensory acuity. Some have 20-20 vision, while others can hear a pin drop. With this in mind, it becomes plausible that some are able to read signs too subtle for others and can sense the spirit of a place. And has their anthropomorphism of the Karagorms created the myth of the big gray man? Ben McDewey is the biggest mountain in the Karagorms and the second highest in the UK. The summit rises from the southern part of the huge subarctic upland unique in the British Isles. It is a harsh environment where nothing grows save the hardiest of alpine plants. When the cloud rolls in summits can be shrouded for days. In winter, the weak northern sun often doesn't penetrate the deep glens for weeks. At times like this, the featureless plateau is at its most elemental gray above and below. The perfect environment for a big gray man. And I quote from Peter Dinsham, leader of the Kiergorm's RAF rescue team from 1939 to 45. And he said, and I quote, tell me that the wine was but the result of relaxed eardrums and the presence was only the creation of a mind that was accustomed to take too great an interest in such things. I shall not be convinced. Come rather with me at the mysterious dusk time when day and night struggle upon the mountains. Feel the night wind on your faces and hear it crying amid the rocks. See the desert uplands consumed before the racing storms. Though your nerves be of steel and your mind says it cannot be, you will be acquainted with that fear without name, that intense dread of the unknown that has pursued mankind from the very dawn of time. End quote. As with any potential cryptozoological species or supernatural manifestation, it is unlikely we will ever have a definitive answer as to what haunts the peak of Ben McDewey. If anything, many mountaineers are drawn to the Cairngorms as bleak and foreboding as they are picturesque. As they do, reports of encounters with Amphir Lethmore continue, and the legend of a strange being hidden in the mists continues. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. And I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you got a kick out of me trying to pronounce Gaelic. And I do hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on today's story and what you think. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you think I'm horrible at pronouncing things and you want to correct me, by all means, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, my darlings, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And 
You guessed it, darlings. Don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. (laughs) This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.